Welcome to LeapCast. I'm your host, Dr. George James. LEAP stands for leaders, entertainers, athletes, and performers. And I'm on a journey to connect with high achievers and highlight their unexamined human moments. Tune in to learn how these high-achieving LEAP individuals were able to reach their greatest potential, face their most difficult challenges, and embrace the human moments that helped them along the way. If you want to get the episode highlights directly in your email, then head to theleapcast.com right now to subscribe. Today I'm excited that I get to have an amazing guest uh, on the show today. Uh, his name is Esteban Serrano, and he is so talented, and he brings so much to the table. But let me just tell you a little bit about about Esteban. He is an audio visionary. Uh, he's a writer, uh, producer, and director uh, for that's been keeping the music, and as he likes to say, the M alive at MTV for the better part of a decade and a half. He is multi-talented. Uh, he has so many different skills. I'm excited to talk to him. And in particular, uh, he, he's worked not only at MTV, he's done some stuff with Fuse TV. And he says that he has nerd-like knowledge of music. Uh, so I'm looking forward to what he's going to say. Esteban, welcome. Thanks for uh, joining me uh, at Leapcast today. Man, thanks for having me. I'm excited uh, to sit down and, and have a conversation with you for sure. So, you know, what I like to really get into um, to, to start off is what I'm going to call your leap story. Just tell, tell us a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are? Uh, and then we'll just, you know, kind of go from there. Um, well, honestly, uh, just uh, I, I got attached to music at a ridiculously early age. Um, I think How early are we the, talking? Man, um four or five years old i remember my first i don't know if uh you remember teddy ruxpin yeah so that that you know the teddy bear that that uh was built and designed to be a, a child's best friend and had these interchangeable cassette tapes that it would tell you stories and the mouth would move you know robotically that was my first boombox. you know I, I i quickly got rid of the the teddy ruxpin uh tapes and put in any any hip-hop or r&b or salsa or anything that i could find and you know teddy teddy was the homie from that point on um yeah i mean it was honestly the perfect storm environment from the fact that i grew up in west philly a few blocks away from fresh prince um uh remember going to the barbershop to get my hair cut and him you know, going there every weekend and 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 battling rival artists in the town, you know, and just no one could keep up with him. So I got to see someone who had, at a, who's at an elite level mm. in, you know, in what he does. I got to see him from a child, you know, just, you know, ripping MCs. And people don't give Will the, the credit he they deserves <laughs> they as don't. an MC. Like, he is a monster, you know, mix that with the fact that my my mom and uh, my my mother's side of the family loves music, you know, grew up uh, listening to music. My aunt sung the national anthem at at the home Sixers games, and okay. yeah, and my, you know, my dad was you know a reckless twenty year old who you know when I was first born, who loved hip hop and you know didn't censor anything around me, and I got like raw, uncut, you know, Public Enemy and. <laughs> you know, run DMC and NWA and you just mix all of those things together 
And, you know, my at my most impressionable times, I was getting the good stuff. And so that just stuck with me, you know, here. And when I decided that it was something that I wanted to pursue for a career, you know, music was always that that driving force. And I was always a very visual person. My grandmother, uh, you know, we, we went on a few family vacations where, you know, she was in charge of videotaping. And there was a whole lot of videotaping with the with the lens cap on, and there was a whole lot of videotaping the ground as we walked. And I was like, "Man, give me this camera. And let me let me get to it, cause I, all my memories are gone." Right, right. I want to actually see it. Yeah, I want to see what's going on. I don't want to just hear it. So she gave she put the camera in my hand. You know, really, really early. I say maybe around nine or ten years old. And you know, it always stuck with me. And you know, here I am now, mixing music and visual together. And you know doing it for a living and blessed to to be able to for sure i mean that that sounds awesome man and i like i'm i'm having all types of visuals so i'm, I'm curious right putting the, the cassette tape in the teddy ruxpin was the mouth still moving the mouth was moving he was spitting <laughs> i love it i can just imagine what that looks like man. having all types of stuff coming out of the teddy ruxpin but My i Teddy you. ruxpin was the original hip-hop harry remember hip-hop harry Oh, I don't know if I remember that. Now I gotta go look up, look you that up. Look them up. It was a rapping, huge rapping bear that was Barney esque. It came right after Barney, and it was more of a hip hop uh, vibe to him. But Teddy Ruxpin was first, man, for me. Oh wow, that's awesome. Now you threw in something there, and I just, you know, so I I grew up in North Jersey, right? So I was surrounded by people of all different backgrounds. My family from Jamaica, mm -hmm. you know, I, I folks from Colombia, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican, you know, just everywhere. So right. I had a lot of like Spanish influence in my upbringing in terms of musically. So that's why I love a live set. I love a band. My I loved goodness. all the different kind of instruments. But you're doing salsa. I mean, you said public enemy yeah. right you know all, all the way Anthony, back then, so how how does that all mix for you so i i like to i've coined the phrase uh i'm my my, my nationality is i'm sort of rican okay so my mom is is black and my dad is puerto rican but i don't speak spanish so i'm sort of rican okay. but i grew okay. up you know listening to salsa you know salsa was always blaring out of my my house um, you know, my dad was either into super hardcore hip hop or salsa, you know, the 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 golden era. Like Hector Lavo and like all those people. Yes. Yeah, man. Tito Puente, oh, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Rivera, Tony Vega. Yeah, man. Those I are the icons. Got, yes. Some great, 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 great salsa. And I can sing every word. I don't know what they're saying, but I feel it. You know, it's it's my heritage. It's in me. I hear you. That's all. So, so does that mean that you have a diverse kind of palette for music? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, what's crazy is again, kind of touching back to the, the, my nerd level. Um, I, I also, you know, through, through my path in life, uh, very early on was exposed to a lot of people from other countries. Um, so one of my very early memories, um, I think I was about 12 years old and I met this girl from Paris and she spoke Spanish, English, and French. And her brother was a super hip hop head. He was maybe a few years older than us, but he was playing me hip hop from Paris. Oh. And like they were spitting and I didn't, again, didn't know what they were saying, right. but like they embodied that flow and that rhythm. 
And that kind of set me also on the path of um, wanting to listen to hip hop from all over the world. So yeah, I got really early on um, the UK grime scene okay. in the garage scene there. And yeah. You know, even, yeah, even in, uh, in, in, in Asia, uh, listening to a lot of the Asian hip hop and in Korea and in out of Japan, um, I wanted to hear everything, Afrobeat, anything <laughs> that had like a hip hop, you know, like essence to it. I needed to hear it, especially Brazil, like everywhere oh, that man. they're doing it, like they're doing it with their own style and flair. And, you know, I love it all. I mean, I could hear it. I mean, you got me excited because I'm thinking about, you know, coming from like a Jamaican background, you know, you got the reggae, you got the dance hall, but then I had all that Spanish influence. So then like just my love for like just different sounds and music. But like when you talk about culture and like diversity and like global, right, right. how sounds and people move and people feel and people spit, no matter where they come from, they just add a little another instrument or another sound to it. But it, it can, it's so cool to be able to see that. It's amazing. That's awesome, man. And so I, I'm curious, man, like what what do you feel has been like one of the biggest successes or moments for you in your career? Man, so many for one, like honestly. Right, it like two or three. Um, so my favorite, my highlight, the hi absolute highlight of my career was um, I got to produce as an assignment. So at the time I was, I was at MTV, I was at what they call TRL 2.0, which was when they re relaunched TRL, maybe nine years after it had went off air. And I was part of the team on the original okay. uh, TRL and, and now huge juggernaut television show where I literally learned everything about producing television was my first, you know, run on the OG TRL. So the new TRL came back and this was probably 2017, I want to say. And um, my sons actually performed on TRL. They had a song called uh, Stranger Things, okay. which was basically a recap of season one of what happened on Stranger Things. And it had gone viral. And the the Stranger Things cast and the and the, uh, they all shared it and it was on like Entertainment Tonight and wow. all of these different uh, outlets, and so the cast of of Stranger Things was coming on on our show to uh, to promote season two, and so me as a producer on the show, I'm like, look, this song is going viral. And I didn't tell my, my, my team that it was my sons. Okay. Cause I didn't want them to feel like, you know, right, right. you just try to put your pot. sons on. <laughs> I'm like, look, there's these kids that are going viral. You know, here's all the Millie Bobby Brown tweeted. Here's this tweet. Here's all this. Let them perform the song live on the show for the cast. Mm. And everyone loved it. And it was a great idea. And, um, and then later on, after they booked them, I'm like, they're also my kids. And they're like, are you serious? This is crazy. So that my assignment that day was to produce my kids. Nice. And it was the, literally the highlight of my career was like walking them through the tunnel and, you know, getting their blocking and, you know, letting them rehearse. And, you know, my son, you know, ran up off off the stage, ran into the crowd and was jumping the crowd, like lifting them up. It was 
insane. It was such a monumental moment for me. It sounds like insane and awesome. And so like it it makes me think about, you know, what what did you do in that moment? Because I'm thinking about not only is you as a producer, you as a visionary, but you as a dad. Right. Like, well, what was that moment like for you, like to, to produce and to help your sons like do that? Like, how, how are you if you can remember, what was that like to feel in that moment? It was um, I would say as a producer. Now, the product at the end of the day, the way it looked on TV was phenomenal and amazing. But it was, I was the worst producer job I've ever done because I was my head. My dad had was so, you know, in control. And I just wanted to make sure that they were having fun. I wanted to make sure that, you know, the moment wasn't going to be too big for them. I wanted to make sure that, you know, they were as prepared as they could. So my my dadness took over and my, I wasn't as prepared as a producer as I should have been. But God is good. And, you know, and, and he gave them, you know, the grace and, and they he filled in where I slacked on right, one job. Right. And um, they hit a home run and it was great. Like just looking back at it, like I was like, this is all God. They, it was great. That, that's so awesome to hear. And like in that moment or when it was over, like, can you remember who did you talk to? Like who were the first people you wanted to share that with? Um, what was amazing was um, my wife was, was there. She's always been the momager. Yeah. So she's always been there from, you know, my son started out in entertainment really young. They were all signed to Wilhelmina uh, modeling agency. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they've done like campaigns and commercials. Like, you know, my, 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 my middle son had his passport at seven years old and was in Canada shooting like uh, uh, target and Amex commercials and stuff. Nice. So they've, you know, my wife has always been, you know, the one who's been, over their career this was this was the first time i was not the first time i was involved but this was the first time right, where like right. we kind of crossed you were producing it <laughs> right and so she's my best friend and so the fact that i had my wife and my sons and we were all in one place that was really all i needed man I, that's just awesome i mean for me like being like a family person and connected to my my family like I could just imagine how like amazing that felt, right? Like uh, to have everybody there for them to shine, for them like for it to go great, for you to just like like just be in that moment. And, and I'm wondering, like, was there anything that you learned from that experience or that you took away from that experience? Um, what I honestly learned, and this this wasn't a lesson that I needed to learn again. It just was like you know, kind of just affirmed for me was just to trust God. Mm. That was, that was really what I learned in that moment because I couldn't, it was live television. It wasn't like it was something that we can cut and do over. Like, you know, if, if something had gone wrong in that moment, there was nothing that I could have done to control it. So I had to, you know, trust that what, what I helped to build and what, you know, this opportunity was, was going to be, blessed and was going to be a good move and that you know i just had to let go and you know even even when things started to look like maybe it wasn't going to go the right way it was quickly you know seamlessly it didn't look like it like the 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 it's amazing i guess it's tv magic 
but like you know what 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 you see in the and you know what the what the public will get to see versus what we knew yeah. behind the scenes it just looked like magic man and and right because it could be literally a hot mess or a lot of things going off <laughs> behind all the other right. parts of the scene but what's caught in the camera is looking yeah. real good that was it I there guess that's... some missteps in the choreography <laughs> and you know and these kids are my my oldest son at the time I think was 13 which means my middle son was 11 and and you know my youngest was eight so you know we're not dealing with seasoned vets here right, you know right. they're right. still kids yeah so you know something not going right it could throw them all off but nothing threw them off they were perfectly in sync and like you know they roll with everything and it was a beautiful day I'm curious because the the little I know, maybe not so little, about TV production is that they try as much as possible to control and have everything controlled as possible. So there's that part of you, right, that right. needs to have everything checked off. But you just said one of the lessons you learned was to really to like kind of fall back and trust God. How right. did those two things work? So, you know, as a producer, we prepare for any and every scenario that we can see going wrong. But there are always some unforeseen things that, you know, could, could you know, appear. And those are the moments. Like, you know, I rest in my preparation. I know that I've prepared. I know that I've done all that I can in my knowledge and what I can foresee and trying to put out fires that haven't occurred yet. But once I get there, I, you know, I can't see, you know, what, what's going to happen in the future. And so that's, that's where I got to rest and know that I prepared. And if anything happens, you know, beyond that, then we'll just have to roll with it. No, I think that's really great. The thought about, and I can imagine that's probably how you continue to be successful throughout your career, right? That you know you got to prepare, like you know, like anything, you got to show up, but you are, you got to be ready for the lights to be bright, right? You got to be ready for like game time. You got to be ready for show time. Uh, but then what you said, like you said, but once once it's once it's that time, you have to be have faith <laughs> that everything is supposed to happen the way it's supposed to happen, and just go from there. And then you know, and then TV magic will kick in. Uh, but that, that's great. Is your are your sons still like in entertainment or still doing things? They are. They're um, my oldest son is um, and he's always been a, a music producer. He's always been the one who's been producing their music. But he had two songs in uh, two of separate uh, songs in two different films that will come out next year. Nice. Um, and he'll he's a senior in high school. Um, my youngest son literally last week uh, got his first guitar and he's like slept with it every <laughs> night to the point where I'm like, you're going to get hurt or you're going to break that thing if you don't right. put it in a case and leave it be sometime. So, um, you know, we kind of just wanted to build an environment of, of creativity and productivity and, you know, really like nurture their passions and, you know, in hopes that, you know, they would pursue something mm. and music has stuck and it's been a beautiful thing. It wasn't, it wasn't, it's not necessarily hip hop. And that was the direction that I always imagined that they would be headed in. And now it's taking more of an alternative hmm. uh, turn, um, which I also love is a music that I've also loved my, my whole life. But it's interesting to see them find their own voice versus finding, you know, just cutting their teeth on 
the things that I've kind of arranged or my wife has kind of set up for them. Now, now they own it and it belongs to them. And now they're playing us records. And, you know, that's like, Pops, do you hear this? I'm like, right. Man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome, man. I could just tell how much of, you know, of a family person you are and how much that matters and how like you're passing down uh, music and love and creativity, like down, you know, this next generation. And I'm wondering, like, for you to get to where you are, like, I, I know, like, the industry is not easy. And there's, like, situations and people. And, like, can can you share, like, what the sacrifice has been for you? Like, what what did you have to do to get to where you are right now? Yeah, man. Um, and I, I would, I would, I wouldn't be completely honest if I didn't say that for me to get where I am, it took more than just my sacrifice. So, um i think when we were pregnant with my second son was when we decided that uh it was better for my wife to stay home because the money that she was making was was we were handing straight off to you know a montessori school who was you know not taking know care of life you know and i'm like dude this these, my son's would not be who they are today. I would not be who I am today if my wife hadn't, you know, taken that sacrifice. So she sacrificed having her own, you know, career path so that she could stay home and take care of our boys and allow for me to go on and, you know, pursue my dreams and my passion. And then, you know, taking taking certain projects, um, there was a time where uh, I spent six months on the road uh, working on a project uh, with Chris Brown, I actually wind up just living on tour with him wow. for those six months. And when I left for tour, I think my my youngest son was six months old. Wow! So I missed his first steps. I missed his first words. Um, you know, those are the things that I had to to sacrifice in order for me to, you know, continue to pursue my career. And that move happened to be a, you know, a pivotal one in my, in my story and, and, and the trajectory of my career, a lot more eyeballs and attention um, were on me because of that project in particular. So, you know, it was worth, it was time well spent in that regard, but at the same time, like you said, it comes with a price and, you know, that price was having to, to leave my family um, home and, you know, with, three young boys. My oldest son was maybe six. My middle son was three and my youngest was months old. And, you know, the wife held it down. I mean, I think that's awesome, right? That I, I think we need to like, you know, tip our, our hats or, or just shout out, you know, our partners, our wives, our spouses, right? Yes. Because they can hold it down, right? And I could hear how you say it, like how your wife held it down for you. And, and you can acknowledge that while you had to do some so many other things. And, and I'm wondering, like, in those moments where you were like, I'm because we just talked about how much you're a family person and how much that's your heart, I could tell. Right. So how did you really deal with the moments where you're, you're on tour with Chris Brown and your family is there without you? Like, what did you do or who did you talk to? How did you handle those moments? Um, you know, it's funny because um, when I was out on the road, I remember distinctly a story, um, a moment where uh, 
we had like a, a, I think it was like an 11 a.m. call time or something like that in the, um, in the lobby. And, you know, this has had been like, we, we got into the hotel maybe 7 a.m. And, you know, we maybe showered, took a nap, and then we're back out, you know, going either to a studio or a sound check or a video or something. I don't remember what it was. But um, everyone's piling into the SUV and I'm, I'm the last one walking in and I say, all right, I love you, babe. I'll talk to you, you know, in a little bit and hung up. And Chris turns around and he goes, nine. And he points at me and I'm like, what, nine what? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, nine times you talked to your wife in the last 24 hours. Wow. I was like, why are you counting? Why, How many yeah, times? You, you I don't talk to me? Right. Like, Man, I haven't talked to my mother as much as you talk to your wife. And I'm like, that's my homie, man. That's my right. best friend. Anything that I'm experiencing, I want to share with her immediately. And of course, I'm checking in on my sons and, you know, I would FaceTime them on the road. And, you know, that was I was always, you know, I was I was with them you know, a multiple times a day, but, you know, just not physically. Right. Right. I mean, that, you know, that that's really interesting because, you know, sometimes we don't realize the people who are really clocking us, right. Who are paying attention <laughs> to us, right. Like our like little steps, little moves, right. The that's fact that right. he was at nine, it's not like he just started counting. Right. Like, he was paying attention throughout the whole time. Yeah, man. And, you know, it just talks about the examples. Like even when you're making that sacrifice, right. The example we can be, because, you know, that's that's why I'm interested in, like, these conversations is because, like, you know, people see your achievement, which is great. You know, MTV, you talk to on tour with Chris Brown, like, all these things are, are great, but but there, there are moments, there are sacrifices, there are challenges, there are ups, there are downs, and how we navigate it can just be, can be tough at times. Yeah. And so that's great that it sounds like you and your wife have had that strong friendship, that bond that has really helped you. Uh, I'm also curious about like how have you dealt with just times throughout like where you're just just nervous right like that you're maybe even anxious about whatever maybe it's uh, something that you're producing maybe it's something that you really want to go well like how have you handled those moments for me it's um, it's again preparing as much as I possibly can the things that that I can control or or foresee but it's also being in constant conversation with God and, you know, and saying, you know, I'm, uh, I'm either, you know, letting this go and I'm not going to stress about it and worry about it or, you know, letting, letting him know what I, what my hopes are and what I want. But obviously, you know, whatever you want is going to be better for me. And I've learned that 10 bazillion times. (laughs) Like, you know, if you, the the where I thought my career would be versus where it is is like a joke. If I had my way, I would have I would have capped out, you know, ten years ago. It would have <laughs> been a rat for me, and I would have been and I would have been happy with that. Wow. But you know, thank God that he had a way better you know plan and, and vision for for where he's taking me, and he's not done yet. But like for me, that's it. Like uh, my my faith, um, is what helps me to remain centered yeah. it's what helps me to remain confident um and also taking those l's mm-hmm. where where i thought i should be headed in a certain way and <laughs> yeah. that door being slammed closed or locked 
and me being frustrated and upset only to find out that this door, you know, for example, the whole Chris Brown situation, I was, I was supposed to take over a position at MTV news that I was told was mine. Wow. And maybe a week before I got the phone call for that, for that Chris Brown gig, um, I was told that they had already hired someone else and it was political stuff and yeah, someone who yeah. was in the control knew a friend who needed a gig and, you know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And I was really upset. I was disappointed. I was upset, you know, um, and I was mad at God and I let him know it. I was right. like, yo, man, what's up? This, <laughs> this was supposed to be mine. That was mine. Why you do that? What what, what, what we do? What happened? Right. What's up with that? Right. And then I'm telling you, you know, I was really, really upset. And then, you know, a week later, I got the phone call. And had I taken that gig, I wouldn't have been able to take this one, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, um, that I, mean, I, think was, I think that's really powerful. Right. The thought of like, like, especially, you know, being a high achiever, going after like those goals and dreams. Right. Sometimes we can like we can produce our life. Right. Like we can have it yeah. lockstep thinking about this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And then when we get sidetracked or something happens, we can be, as they say, in our feelings. Uh, and uh, but sometimes it's necessary because you, you just never know where the opportunity is. And it sounds like that's what that's at least one of those times. I know it's happened more than one. So many times it's happened and to the point where I've learned now. I'm like, all right, if that ain't happened, then what's next? Because some right. hot got to be coming down the pipe if you ain't let me get that one. And every time it works out that way. I mean, you know, and and I'm constantly a student of um, not only of of hip hop and television and film and things like that, but I'm also a a student of me and my spirituality. This this path that I'm walking, I know that I'm not perfect at it. And there's times that I've slipped up or there's times like that where I'll be mad at God and, you know, he, he shows me, you know, something better. But now I'm at the point where, like, you know, if something doesn't work out that even if I really, really wanted it, I know mm. because he's proven to me time and time again that something better is about to happen. And now I get excited when I hear yeah. no sometimes, which is weird. But that's, you know, that's that's the level. <laughs> oh, you said no. Oh, right. that's right. Right. Oh, that's what's up. Thank you very much. What? what is going on? Like, I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> but I mean, I can I can relate. I mean, there have been times in my career where I was like, I thought it was supposed to happen this way. And it didn't, but then the next thing I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is even, I couldn't have scripted it out even better for myself. This was the right time, the right way. And so I totally hear that. And you, you mentioned God, you mentioned your faith. Like, has that always been something that's been uh, helpful for you or that you are your go-to or a place of strength for you? Always, 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 you know, my whole life, it's been... Um, I was, I was blessed to have a mother who is, you know, a super duper spiritual woman. And I I say spiritual and and not religious for her. It's about her relationship with God and making sure that I had a relationship with God as well. And it was my relationship and not something that was forced upon me at a young age or not something that was supposed to, you know, put, put shackles or, or, you know, guardrails on me. Um, She was the one who Mm -hmm. really was always about spirituality. And it just, 
it just ignited in me in a different way from a very, very, very young age. And I've always had that conscious one-on-one relationship with God that he could talk to me about things and that, you know, I could, I could receive, or I could just see, Mm. you know, where, where, you know, he's kind of orchestrating things. And of course, you know, when you're young, you really don't all the way understand it and you don't really know what's going on, but, you know, as you get older and you get more mature and you start to put these things together, um, you see it, but it's always been a part of my life. I've always, you know, um, when I was born, I, I was I was born on the path um, as a yogi. My mother practiced, okay. you know, Siddha Yoga, which is okay. uh, um, technically a form of 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 Hinduism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, the act of yoga is more of a practice than it is an actual religion. So, um, and even that yeah. sidebar, like we don't often hear about, kind of folks of color who have been like into right. yoga and yogis like right. from way back i mean so like it's getting it's hot now it's hot like, now right? people have been doing it for a minute yeah man my mom i think was 16 when 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 she uh became a yogi and she had me i think 21 yeah. um you know I'm, i'll be 40 this year and so you know i've been a yogi my whole life Nice. Um, so definitely that practice of constantly being aware of your state, yeah. constantly, you know, uh, working toward being centered, working toward being present and in the moment, those practices, you know, definitely kept me from going off the deep end nice. throughout my my life. And then I think I was maybe 22 or so when when I found Christ. Okay. And then that was just like, then it then it really started making sense. <laughs> that, you know, right. It all popped. Right. Right. And that was it. I was like, oh, this was the piece that was missed. Now I get it. And so the secret like, sauce. Yes. That was it, man. No, I, I could totally I could totally see and hear that. You know, like in, in my work, a lot of it is really trying to help people to be aware, self-aware, mm-hmm. right? To be able to be in the moment, to be present. And it sounds like for you, you know, family, not only like, you know, your parents and their influence, but also the family that you like created with your wife and your boys. Like that's been uh, like, you know, part of the foundation. It sounds like, you know, your faith. Right. And trust in God. Right. But also like the thought of like what it means to be in the moment, what it means to be present. That's all kind of been there for you. And so you've been able It's this is my assumption. You've been able to be flexible while still moving forward. Right. So it doesn't take you out. You just right. keep moving and no matter what what happens along the way. Yeah, man. I definitely uh resting in the fact that, you know, God loved me and he got me definitely takes a lot of stress off of myself. Yeah. Um, you know, with if if you are brave enough to really buy in and believe that he he got you, then you know, life is good for me at that point because he's never failed me he's only kept me climbing and climbing and climbing so you know who am i to to question that now which once again i think like that's amazing just to hear that and how strong that is for you and how that has helped you to 
not be overly stressed to trust you know as they say trust the process right and to yeah. keep going but i would also imagine that could be hard especially in your industry where you you've dealt with people of all different backgrounds all different genres right how have you allowed that to center you in the midst of being around everything and everyone um i lean on um i am in the world not of it oh. i lean on that in regards to my career as well i don't expect for people to you know to kind of bend to my will so to speak i more or less approach it like like jesus in the sense of like i just want to be there i want to be a positive influence i want to be a light in the room and i don't want you to be uncomfortable with me but i'm definitely not going to change who i am for for you. So there are, there has been times in my career where people are like, I don't really know about this guy. You know, I don't drink. I don't, I don't, I don't do any drugs. And that didn't really have anything to do with my, my, my spirituality as much as just like observing the fact that a lot of my heroes in my own family, you know, have abuse problems with, you know, substances. And I could tell that you know dr jekyll turned to mr Hyde once yeah, this yeah. got involved and i said i just never wanted to be a part of that no. but you'd be surprised that people you know i've been in in parties and and stuff like that and people don't trust me because i'm not wow drinking or i'm not getting high yeah, like, like what's up with that know. dude why yeah why what's wrong with you and i'm like nothing wrong with me you having fun enjoy your right, life i'm right, gonna make sure right. you're home safe i'm gonna make sure nobody takes advantage of you i'm gonna make sure you know, but this is who I am. And it takes people a while mm. to kind of get, you know, accustomed to it. But I rather, you know, make you uncomfortable at first until you get to know who I am and know that there's no malicious intent and that this is just me being me. But um, I think that's know, another going to change who I am. I think that's another one of those like key key things that you're putting out there, right? That that it's OK to trust who you are and how and how you think and how you see the world and that you know there are a lot of folks especially when we talk about kind of like you know securing the bag being you know getting to that oh, point, yeah. right where people just adapt and, and change all the time for whatever they're surrounded by might be but it sounds like for you you've trusted who you are you've trusted your preparation you've trusted god and that has allowed you to just keep going absolutely and i also know like for me it's not about a bag per se you know what i mean like there's certain things that 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 i'm built on um and one of them is is my mission when i got into television um and obviously primarily music television was i don't work for a network i don't work for a television show my contribution is for hip-hop this is who i work for this is who i am this is why i'm here sitting at this table And that kind of uh, mission for me has allowed me not to try to just bend to whatever is going to secure the bag at the moment. And it's made it more about, well, what's my mission? And will this next step help me to continue my mission? I want hip hop to be represented in the light that it deserves. It, It saved my life. It has, you know, made, you know, made me, uh, the man that I am today and be able to take care of my family and to live an amazing, ridiculous lifestyle that I get to live every day. And it's been nothing but a positive influence 
on me. And I've seen for so many years when I was, you know, younger, that, you know, it just getting, uh, it's, it's getting destroyed in the media. And, you know, the people who involved are always criminalized. And I just didn't like it. So my mission was, I want to paint this in the light that it deserves to be painted in. So everything that I look at, when it comes to my career, I have to look through that lens. Is this going to further my mission? Yeah. Then yes. If you're going to further my pocket and not further my mission, I don't want to be a part of it because my pockets are all right. Right, right, I'm, right. I'm here for a purpose. No, I love it. There's two things I hear in that. One, right, being able to, like, understand your mission, right? Like, you know, that if you can understand your mission and go after it, the bag will follow, right? And it's hard. Right. That's a tough lesson, right? But then the other part I hear is like, look, Esteban is here to save hip hop, right? One production at a time. <laughs> I love it. That's it, man. So we're we're getting to the end, and there's there's a couple questions I really like to ask people. Uh, first, um, I'm going to ask you a question, and then the other three are really about kind of the show. The first question that I want to know from you though is, like, what are you working on now? Like, what is what are some things that you are excited about, or in in the works, or in development right now? So, um, two projects. One you were a part of, and that is the Symbol of Solidarity documentary that um i took on over during the pandemic um which is about an amazing artist that i grew up with one of my childhood friends and closest friends his name is brian bowens awesome he's a a painter yes awesome amazing family um so you know during the summer of protest uh you know when tensions were ridiculously high in this country um, but Brian, who, you know, lives in a predominantly white town of Jenkintown, him and his, well, his wife rather was, she wanted to do something about it. And she wanted to, to, to hold an event in Jenkintown mm-hmm. and, um, ask Brian to speak. And, um, because Brian is a visual artist, he knows that the best way that he communicates is through his art. So he painted this amazing, beautiful piece. And, you know, the piece helped uh, unite the community. It's a symbol now that's, you know, spread not only in Jenkintown. Brandon Graham had the symbol of solidarity painted on his cleats, you know, for the last Eagles game. It was in the the bubble, the NBA bubble down in Orlando. Um, You know, it's it's taken on a life of its own. The symbol has become such an amazing... uh, visual for the unity that that we all want to experience in this mm-hmm. country so the doc is based on that story um and you know i got to sit down with you and that's where we first met and i was completely floored <laughs> by you know your your um the way you just put put things together and um you know that that's kind of where you know our our journey started so that project I'm excited about, we just submitted to Sundance uh, nice. last week. And so we're going to, you know, hit the festivals hard in, in 2022. And um, yeah, so that's that's one project that, that I'm super excited about. And that's my directorial debut as a filmmaker. Nice. Nice. And it's my first non-music uh, project. Okay. as well so you know step i know you on. probably had some influence on the soundtrack but i hear you right 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 you know what's all amazing on that note is my son is the he scored the whole film oh that's that's awesome yeah so and and everyone walks away more more than they talk about you know 
the cinematography or they say, yo, the music was amazing. And that's what, you know, that that's amazing. Again, that I, dad hat. Yep. I'm like, look, you going you you're in my house, you don't pay no rent. I'm gonna need you to score this film. That's right. And he killed it. He did an amazing job. So that's that nice. that project I'm super excited about. And then um I've I've been blessed and tasked with bringing Yo MTV Raps back to the States. <laughs> nice. And listen, that's I, I, I helped launch it in Asia and in the UK. Okay. Um and yeah, the in past years. Um, but now I get to bring it home and I am ridiculously excited about it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge in the greatest way possible. And that I have that juggernaut of a mm -hmm. cultural icon show yeah. that I have to do justice, but I'm so excited to do it. It's not even funny, man. Oh, both of those are awesome. I mean, the documentary, I, I was privileged to be a part of it. That's how we connected. Yes. That's how we hear right now. And there's so much more for our journey and you know what what brian has done with his art uh what the family has done in that community is amazing and yo mtv raps i mean i can remember uh way back in the day right and so just to think about what that means to kind of come full circle and to introduce or reintroduce right to right. this time period this generation uh that that's just awesome i mean you're doing some really great iconic things right now Thank you, and man. And and so just to, to wrap up, uh, what I'm what I would love to find out from you is, you know, what does mental wellness mean to you? Uh, for me, it's it's everything, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. Your mind creates your reality. Um, and that can that can be both uh, a, a gift and a curse. Hmm. You know, we, we experience, uh, unfortunately, in this country people who decide to believe whatever they want and then it manifests into you know opposition and and things of that nature that's how important mental wellness is if you if you're not in the right mind state then everything that 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 will flow to you will will be poison for you yeah you know what i mean like i i definitely um try to be a good steward over over my mind and you know when when bad thoughts come out i gotta i gotta de-weed them i gotta pull yeah. those weeds out and not let them take root and you know that's hard when you have a lot going on when when you're at you know i i'm i'm a new yorker so well i'm a new yorker now so you know there's the hustle and bustle of what's yeah. going on and events are going on and projects are going on and you know my wife is going on my sons are going on i'm a, I'm a you know i'm a brother I'm, i have a, so many different hats that i wear if my mental space is not mm. where it needs to be, then all of those relationships suffer. Yeah. And, oh. you know, people are depending on me and, and in a very pivotal way, you know, when I, when I talk about my sons and my wife, they need me more than anyone else needs me more than my job and my career. And the consequences of not being at my best are far more detrimental mm. if I'm not, you know, where I need to be. So, you know, meditation is, you know, super important to me and it's many forms, but a yeah. lot of people think that, you know, you just got to be quiet and, you know, monitor your breath and, you know, whatever, but meditation can come in the form of, you know, coloring, you yeah. know, just that center focus, yeah. you know, re re repeating a, a, a phrase or a mantra over and over, you know, things of that nature, 
uh, staring at, at, at like a body of water for a long period of time. You know, just there's different ways of, of, of constantly being centered. But um, it's, it's, it's life or death for me because I take my responsibilities as, you know, a husband, as a father, and as, a, you know, someone who is entrusted with, you know, with hip hop. I take all of those things very seriously and I don't want, uh, I can't afford a misstep wow. for me. That, I, mean, you jump, I mean, talk about like just nuggets. I love it. And, you know, I really love like how you just talk about the importance of like how we got to take care of our, ourselves and how that mental, like just taking care of our mental wellness and how there are multiple ways to do it. My last question for you, what would you give as mental when we think about mental wellness, right, as we've been talking so far, you know, what mental wellness advice would you give to your younger self? And that could be like yesterday or way back. What, what would you say? Um, I would definitely tell my younger self to lean into being a yogi more. Hmm. I, it was, it was something that I've been doing all my life. So it, so, you know, at times when things kind of started to get a little, you know, hot, it, I kind of got away from it. And then I started to get back deep in it. And that period of my life where, uh, you know, I, I needed it the most, it, um, it escaped me. And mm. it just kind of got caught up in the hustle. You know, very in my, in my mid-20s, you know, early 20s, a lot of things are going on, you know, for me in my career at that time. I would just say stay stay centered, stay present, stay focused, and you know you got it. I mean, God is good, and I, I didn't I didn't go off the deep end or anything like that. And, right, and right. the things that I experienced during that time weren't weren't even anything crazy, but I just know that had I stuck to my regimen of being centered, being focused, and being present in the moment that I would have appreciated it a lot more. And I also would have been more of a blessing during that time. That's awesome. And I think about like on some level, right? Like it's also saying if we had just listened to our mamas earlier, <laughs> we would have been all right. Right? <laughs> How many times we try to push away from what they say to us uh, and try to instruct us. Uh, but there's wisdom there. And so that, that's is. awesome. You know, Esteban, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being on. You know, this has been Leapcast, uh, where we explore unexamined human moments with high achievers. I'm Dr. George James, and we've had the amazing, the awesome, the audio visionary Esteban Serrano on just sharing about his life, his moments. And this has just been amazing. Esteban, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Wow, what an incredible ride we just went on with another great member of the Leapcast community. I appreciate you listening and hope you got some tangible value from the episode. Please let us know what you think by leaving a comment, rating, and review. As always, please don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Dr. George James, and I'll see you next time.